This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Our Matrix server is about as free as Internet chat can be. Join the existing rooms or create your own at chat.freetalklive.com. And 603-283-6160 is the phone number. That's 603-283-6160. You can call in with whatever is on your mind. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by ForkFest, happening June 13th through the 16th at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. ForkFest is decentralized, so there is no ticket cost and no one is in charge. For more information and to connect with other attendees, you can visit the unofficial website forkfest.party. That's forkfest.party. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. And nobody. And remotely, it's me, Mark Edge. Sorry, I keep saying in the studio only, but I'm used to saying that. It's true. But nobody is in the studio with me, and Mark is in Florida. And we have done a lot of... Talking, did anybody have something that they left out that they wanted to um, get their point across or anything? Well, I, I basically, I wanted to finish off the... Oh, a story uh, about the gun. Uh, well, okay, yeah, there was, there was a story about the gun. So I, I walked into the 7-Eleven in Manchester one, one time, and, and when I got a, went back and got myself a, a Mountain Dew, and, uh, and when I got up to the counter, the guy said, oh, God... I when you, when you walked in, I saw that gun on your hip, and it really gave me a gave me a start. Hmm. And I said, "Well, if if you want me not to come back uh, open carrying, uh, if you want me not to come back while you're working, that's an option. Hmm. Um, I, I I take the gun everywhere I go for political reasons, but if you don't want me to come here, that's perfectly understandable." He said, "No, nah, it's okay. It just kind of gave me a start. I just moved up here from Massachusetts." Oh. So I started making a point of going back to that store and uh, and just having a few friendly words with that guy uh, whenever whenever I was in in that that neighborhood and in, on his shift and uh, you know just just to be a good good ambassador and then one night I walked in it was about three o'clock in the morning and and I walked in he said God I wish you were here half an hour ago oh and I said why is that. And he said, well, the, like half the Manchester football team was in here, uh, high school football team was in here trying to buy beer, and I thought it might get ugly, and I was thinking, God, I wish that guy was here as a 357, and I said, and now you understand. Hmm. <laughs> Scary. I, I wouldn't want to have to yeah. deal with that, like a bunch of angry football playing people oh yeah i i used to get that all the time when i did convenience stores because i grew up in ann arbor michigan so we'd have these uh college 
football players who are sometimes, you know, 400 pounds uh-huh. uh, right. coming in and ju- they, they expect you to know who they are and give them free stuff. And it's like, well, actually, I don't give a damn about sports ball. I have no idea who you are. And in my store, you pay. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're welcome worse. to take your bu- take your business somewhere else. <laughs> it's probably because those boys get uh, all those meals paid for by the college. You know, I mean, they just yeah. get these huge. They get treated uh, like cops. You know, banquets. Like, yeah, it, it, day in and day out. I mean, and and it's the the thing that's annoying is it's like a town full of geniuses. Okay, and and what everybody worships is these big bags of meat that can, you know, take part of a disemboweled pig and run a hundred yards with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's like, wow, we haven't come that far as far as we think we have. <laughs> I never understood the whole football thing. I, I've never had a, a situation where somebody tried to get something for free for being a football player or anything like that, but... Or a cop, um, luckily, but I'm so happy I never had to deal with that. Oh, that'd be so annoying. I only worked at one convenience store, and the one time there was a guy that turned out to be a cop shopping from me. Lumpy was in there, and he told him, like, why don't you get a uh, actual productive job? <laughs> nice. And it was awesome. I, whenever I see the me. cops now, I say ahoy. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> What's that mean? They're ahoy. pirates. It's hello in pirate. I see. <laughs> They're road pirates. That's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. It's um, also like Bulgarian or something. It is. Well, they probably yeah. will know it as pirate like me, and Arr. they might just think that nobody's well, a clever. pirate. And that's what, you know. <laughs> I've actually been thinking that, because I'm not a big fan of the Mises Caucus, I've been thinking that it might be a good time to come alongside the pirates, uh, pirate party and say ahoy. Hmm. Um, and uh, and it, it would be interesting to have two libertarian parties, one of which was slightly left libertarian and the other one being slightly right libertarian, but using left libertarian in the true true meaning of the term which is which is uh someone who is left on social issues uh but does not want to initiate force by having any kind of socialism i have a really great um twitter friend her name is rebecca blackfire and she's running for something for lp or, or for lp florida that's where she lives and she's like a really good libertarian and obviously gets called a leftist by like the Mises people. And sometimes I w- want to say to her, like, why don't you just create your own thing? Like, forget libertarian party. But she's really into that whole thing. And yeah. it would be great if she created her own leftist libertarian party. Well, the thing that would be nice would be if we could have have a, uh, a libertarian party that was sufficiently divided that... You didn't have to explain the Mises Caucus to people you were trying to recruit. Right. But then when it came to elections, uh, maybe they were cooperative enough to, uh, you know, they each come up with their own uh, with their own nominee and then they have an internal vote. And uh, and whoever whoever wins between their two party candidates, the uh they they all say okay well we'll all give our give our vote to whoever uh, whoever wins the internal vote so it'd be more or less it would it would almost like be like a composite party but theirs would just be some Fed who is put into a position to make libertarians mm-hmm. look like conservatives well and and so- that's the thing that's what that's what having the the divided part 
um would be good for but in in the in the in the end the personality of the nominee is less important because we know he's not going to win so for example bob Barr uh was like my least favorite uh to date uh libertarian nominee but yet i voted for him safe in the knowledge that he would not get elected and do something that I would then be responsible for. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Right. I like the Libertarian Party for that same reason. They give me an option of for whom to vote Mm -hmm. that, well, I'm pretty sure isn't going to kill as many people as whoever the Republicans or the Democans uh, are going to put up. And, And he won't kill anybody because he won't get elected. I mean, he might kill somebody robbing a liquor store, but that's a completely different matter. If the Libertarians, however, picked RFK Jr. this year, you would have a very interesting combination. On one hand, you have the Libertarians who have ballot access in probably 49 states. Sorry, Oklahoma. And you have RFK Jr. who has really good name recognition as far as voters go. Uh, I think Gary Johnson got low single digits as far as a voting percentage, and nobody knew his name. If RFK Jr. Oh, yeah, goes I knew his there. name. You, you did. I did. Yeah. Nobody knew him. What yeah. year was that? Two years. It was in 2016 and 2012. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah because it was the second Ron Paul. Bob Barr. Uh, Wait, I thought first. 2016 was um, definitely Gary Johnson. 2016 yeah. was was uh, Gary Johnson. Uh, Ron Paul. Isn't that who I said? Yes, it is. Oh, and he did 2012, too? I don't know why I thought we were still yeah. talking about Bob Barr. Sorry. No, uh, Bob Barr was uh, 2008. Oh, okay. Um, and so uh, Ron Paul ran twice. As a Republican, though. Uh, as, as, as a Republican, but most of the Libertarian Party was out there supporting him in the, uh, in the uh, Republican primary and hoping against hope that he would come back and, and be our candidate. Hmm. Um, and as a result of which, we were paying no attention in 2008, and Bob Barr managed to sneak in, uh, which is, I think, the worst candidate in libertarian history, uh, even worse than Bill Weld, who, although I liked Gary Johnson a lot, I didn't like Weld at all. Wasn't he just like a Hillary Clinton lover? Um, well, he did... Uh, he, he basically he said he did what politicians do. He was a politician, is what he was. And the thing is, politicians up until the election of Trump tended to be. Uh, I mean, they they were they were like uh, like boxers or, or lawyers. They would go in and they'd fight during the day, and then they'd all go get drinks together. Yeah, he said Hillary Clinton was a great something or other like she was a great person or uh yeah and and and, he that's, did. Actually what and they... that's the kind of thing that they say about each other because they're trying to make the point that it's nothing personal mm-hmm. uh but that was until uh tr- i actually did a trump meme amazingly enough i've never even voted for the guy i did but and unfortunately it his, because uh, of those people talking about how great hillary clinton is i started to be like what if this is all a psyop i'm always really i used to be way more sensitive to everything being a psyop i was like what mm-hmm. if gary johnson is a psyop and if i vote for him then hillary clinton's gonna win 
So yeah. Well, I, basically, my my meme said uh, it, it's a wanted poster. The top it says wanted, and uh, at the bottom it says for getting elected without a license, second offense. Hmm. You know who is way way more based in that area, Javier Malay, and he I like has done, Malay. I like Vivek. He has done. I hate Vivek. Oh, he's so ugly and gross. I I just like. Yeah, I don't generally sleep with my president, so I don't care. I um. I am playing 3D chess when I say that, but I also mean it. I think he's ugly, and also I want to encourage more libertarian women to not like him by um, a pretty girl calling him ugly. So, like, a pretty girl doesn't decide if somebody is hot necessarily based on just their looks. If other pretty girls are calling that guy ugly, they won't date him. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping they won't vote for him. Well, I guess or it's Or even over. worse, creepy. What? Well, at this worse, point, he's creepy. not on the ballot. He's yeah, withdrawn anymore. his candidacy. A- anymore. But I wouldn't when he be was, surprised I, I if he were money. vice president. Oh, that Actually, would be I would be kind of surprised because he's got a lot of charisma. Uh, I mean, to everybody but you. And, Ugh, uh, I hate him. Yeah, see, I, I re- he's a former listener to the show. He requested that um, the Body Freedom Village people get thrown out of Porkfest just because he didn't want to see it. That, that mm. just that alone is bad enough. Another thing is just that he's um, obviously a well, snake, and I can just ma- see it through it, and you guys can't. Maj, d- d- Maj did a lot worse than that, and Maj I still Dray. love that guy. Ew, I hate him. I can't, pre- I can't pronounce his name. Yeah, but, I don't yeah, know if it's true. No, I, how I you love that guy. It. But the thing is, somebody doesn't have to agree with me on on everything. I I will give if 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 you're fighting for liberty, I'll give you a wide latitude. I don't think he is, though. I think he is just a gross, disgusting person who wants to bomb Mexico and never took that back. And mm-hmm. why? I didn't like that at all. I was I was very, very horrified by that. I think that that's bad enough that it should be like no libertarians like Vivek Ramaswamy. But Javier Malay has never mm-hmm. talked about bombing Mexico or bombing anyone. And he's actually done a whole lot of stuff. And well, he has talked about blowing blowing up the mosque and um in really? in Jerusalem. Yeah, well, not necessarily blowing it up, but knocking it down and building a Jewish temple there, which is something they've been trying trying mm-hmm. to do for a long time. But, yeah, I was kind of disappointed with his whole flirtation with with uh Israel, but Luckily, at the same time, he's not time, giving them money. He doesn't well, give That's the thing. He's not mm-hmm. giving them money. And sometimes you just have to give it up on things that don't matter mm-hmm. if you're going to be a, a head of state, which and is today, why I could never be that. He actually got rid of 400 government employees today nice. whose job was. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I, I don't remember what it stood for. It's like N-A-I-D-I. And it is the National Institute Against Racism, Xenophobia, and Anti-Semitism. So, like, what Jew-owned, you know, Jewish-owned, oh, it's all a psyop. He's just, like, owned by the, uh, you know, Jewish globalist person would get rid of that. I really don't think that they would. Yeah, and... He fired 400 yeah. government employees. And, and you know, I on the one hand, you don't want to see him being being uh, being friendly with psychopaths. But then again, anybody running a government is a psychopath. Putin's a psychopath. Yep. Biden's a psychopath. Trump is a psychopath. Uh, they're all psychopaths. Uh, I don't think Vivek is actually a psychopath, but I don't think he'll ever get elected. I for think that Vivek reason. is more of a psychopath than Javier has shown himself to be. Javier Malay. Yeah. Um, I, no, Javier there was a, is actually there was the one guy I give the benefit Javier. of the doubt. Hmm. 
there was some good news this week from Javier. Apparently, his economic policies are working. Yeah, at least at uh, it to start with, and that's so, better than I expected. I was really expecting for him to try his hardest and fail. So this is I'll actually, tell you what, if, if the Free State Project didn't exist, I would be in Argentina right now. I still am going to go visit at some point. I even had a dream last night that I was in Argentina, and I've never been there, so how could I even dream like this like landscape? It was awesome. But anyways, mm. I have this story from the Foundation for Economic Education.org. I'm sorry. We should form a, a, a Free State Project consulate. No, we and have that. Make, and make a consular visit to him. We somewhat <laughs> have started that. Basically, there's a bunch of Free Staters that are really into Malay. Completely flipped me. I used to be thinking, there's no way this could be. It's too good to be true. And I heard you'd flipped. And he, what, <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, they used to say she flipped her lid. <laughs> like freaked out? Yeah. Okay. Is that like a 60s or 70s type lingo? I hadn't heard yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's just me busting your balls. Okay. I didn't know what it meant at first. Um, so basically, there is a group of free staters that are basically um, pro-Malay and spreading Malay propaganda. And um, wearing Malay T-shirts, and I don't. It's not that there's a name for it. Consulate. That's that's such a good word for it. Um, or ambassadors. Mm-hmm. I think we should become the like porcupine. Uh, porcupine. Porcupine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> porcupine. That would be a wrestler. When we when we get our first set of dominatrixes up oh here, my they should call themselves porcupine. I was going to go <laughs> on this. Um, the idea of a wrestler that's a free stater should be called porcupine. <laughs> There is one of those. Not a free stater, but a libertarian. I can't remember his name. That goes by Porcupine? Oh, no. No. Um, The guy in Tennessee. It's not Ric Flair. No, it's a guy that's a free state or free talk live listener. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I actually... I never paid any attention to professional wrestling because I actually wrestled in high school. Oh wow! I mean, real wrestling, mm-hmm. and and it would they just made a mockery of it. Are your ears uh, hard like rocks? My dad's ears are like rocks because of wrestling. Ear. Uh, no, no. Um, I had a really strong neck for a long time, though. I could lift two people's body weight with the back of my head. Oh my god, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I had the same issue. I had to. Get custom made shirts because my neck was so thick from <laughs> jujitsu. And, you know, if you've got a thick neck and your waist is just even normal size at like 32, 36. It's impossible to find shirts. Oh, give me a plug. Uh, who did you study jujitsu with in Keen? Uh, Dan. Okay. That's not much of a plug. Um, Sorry. Flow, flow jiu-jitsu. Okay, flow jiu-jitsu. Uh, they're in the phone book? Yeah. Okay, groovy. Uh, I've gotten fat. I don't know if you've seen me lately, but I'm... I'm no. I'm I'm like blueberry shaped. I need to fix this. So I'm I'm and, it's the carbs, man. And I I find well actually it's that's one of the two things I intend to do. First off, I want to go on the carnivore diet. Hmm. Second off, I need to start studying martial arts again. I have um, heard nothing but positive things about people going on the carnivore diet initially. Like I don't think it's necessarily sustainable for the rest of your life, but it would probably detox you of so many things. Hmm. You'd probably feel great, but. You see what I did. Um, I was I w- did the Atkins diet, which is almost the same thing. Yep. Um, and my target weight was 165, um, and I now weigh 
255. So I was 95 pounds lighter at, uh, at this point, but I was down in Florida and I remember panicking when I hit my target weight because I didn't stop losing weight. And so I went out <laughs> to the grocery store and I bought all this ice cream and I'm just chowing down ice cream like, Oh my God, I've become sinner. <laughs> the Stephen King book. But, uh, but that did stop. And what I did once I hit my target weight, was I gave myself a five-pound range. So every morning I woke up, and if I was below 165, I started eating carbs. And then I continued eating carbs until I hit 170, at which point I went back on the the Atkins diet until I was back down at 165, uh, which is a, uh, I can't remember the word for that. Paleo, is that it? Uh, No, it's not, it's not... Uh, it's not Ancestral? paleo. It's uh, debouncing is oh. what is what they call that. Um, it's uh, the same thing a thermostat does, hmm. but because you don't want your your oh, therm- you're saying not you the don't Atkins want your diet, furnace but... just going on on off on mm-hmm. off on off. So you give it a little range of travel. Okay, I would think that if you just kept being paleo or whatever the term is you're using there, Atkins that you'd retain the muscle mass because you're eating a lot of you know muscle and that you would just keep getting leaner no um i don't know i just i didn't want to be less than 165 i didn't feel i didn't feel comfortable at less than 165 okay so i was just like this is the target i was shooting for so this is where i'm going to stay for a while and then what, what happened is, is that was when Julie, uh, a few months later, Julie was diagnosed with cancer. Hmm. So at that point, the biggest thing was encouraging her to eat. So I wasn't going to be on some weird diet. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to take you out to fondue anytime you want to go and anywhere else you want to go. And, uh, you know, just eat. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Smoking weed will help you want to eat too. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't start smoking weed though for so several years after that. I was oh. in New Hampshire, um, and over 40 before I started, uh, smoking again. And, and Julie died when I was 33. Hmm. So like you had never smoked weed before you moved to New I, Hampshire? I smoked up until I was 18. Oh, okay. And when I was 18, I started going to AA and I did that for 22 years. So, mm-hmm. so I didn't have a drink or a drug that, that entire time. And then I actually started smoking again when I arrived in, or a little while after I arrived in New Hampshire, because I wanted to do the 420 rally. Hmm. And I couldn't do it without smoking. Yeah, I go to 420 rallies without smoking just because it's like, I agree with the yeah. idea, but I don't smoke. But well, the thing is, running it, I was, I was yeah. trying to gather up people I didn't know and make them into people that I did know. And that's a great and way to do it. with stoners, you have to be a stoner to do it. 603-283-6160. More coming up on Free Talk Live. You can call in 603-283-6160. More coming up. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. 
Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. USA News Update. Authorities probing Thursday's cellular service disruptions are looking at whether they stem from a cyber attack. ABC News says that the FBI, Department of Homeland Security, and other agencies are investigating whether the outages resulted from a cyber attack or were mere technical issues. Public satisfaction has declined in more domains than it's improved since President Biden took office. According to a Gallup poll since January 2021, satisfaction's notably decreased regarding immigration, the nation's military strength, and energy policies. There is a slight increase in satisfaction with the status of black adults and other racial minorities in the country. A storm is anticipated to impact the Northeast, bringing rain and potential snowfall. Meteorologists predict that the system, which crossed the Midwest on Thursday, will progress eastward into Friday. While the East Coast is projected to receive primarily rain, northern New England may get snow. John Schaefer, USA News. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, simulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline. Airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 802-341-4535. That's 802-341-4535. We still do email. Drop your email address in the entry box at freetalklive.com and you'll be kept in the loop with Free Talk Live.
you control and 603-283-6160 is the phone number here you can call 603-283-6160 to get in on the conversation with us and in the studio tonight you've got bonnie and nobody and remotely you have mark edge coming from florida And I wanted to get into this story from the Foundation for Economic Education. Javier Malay delivers Argentina's first surplus in over a decade, and the U.S. media is silent. Which, for the most part, includes Yuffie, so they, like, barely report on the awesome stuff he's doing. But they are reporting on this, so that's cool. Um, So, what is it exactly? Is a surplus? I believe that it means that the government is not going over budget. Correct, Mark? A surplus uh, means that they have collected more money than they are spending. Oh, okay. It says, the revelation that Argentina has some done something the U.S. government hasn't done in more than two decades, run a budget surplus, seems like a newsworthy event. So why the silence from the um, Western media, they're asking? Argentines witnessed something amazing last week. The government's first budget surplus in nearly a dozen years. The economy ministry announced the figures Friday and the government was 589 million in the black. What does that mean, Mark? It means that in the black means, uh, so uh, in accounting, they put deficits in red. So you owe $500. Okay. They put, like, if you had... $800 that you got in your paycheck, but you had to pay $500 in rent, you would have $300 in the black. If you had $400, you had to pay for a car payment, you'd be $100 in the red. Okay. So it's like debit and credit. Like they don't owe, they they have more than they owe. Positive and negative, yeah. Okay, so it says Argentina's surplus. Sorry, nobody, you had something to say? Oh, yeah, basically, deficit is the rate of change. Hmm. So, basically, uh, you can be in debt and be running what they call a surplus, hmm. um, but 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 you still uh you still don't have a positive net worth, but the amount that you owe is going down. Okay, so that's probably that's where Argentina is at, right? Yep. I suspect so, because they must have had a massive debt. I mean, if I were him, what I would do is simply print out enough money to pay off every day, every, every dollar that they owed everyone in the world, and then say, oh, and by the way, tomorrow we're going to stop accepting the Argentinian, I think it's Bolivar. I think his, it's a peso, yeah. And yeah. he's also. That's um, what I would do with the United States, too. What he's doing, I can't like explain every single detail. That's why I usually pull people in who really, really know what's going on with that. Um, but one thing I do know is that he doesn't want to just say no more peso, like get rid of the peso. He's just kind of devaluing it. And mm-hmm. that way the people will choose to dollarize without him having to enforce the dollar. Yeah. And that that's actually the other part of, of my plan if I get elected president, because, hmm. of course, I am running a, an elect, a write-in campaign for every elected office in America. So nice. if you see a job on the ballot that nobody should be doing, write in nobody. <laughs> um <laughs> But, All uh, of them. Yep. 
And uh, yeah, if you want to vote for me for everything, and basically what I'll do is if I get elected, nobody for everything. If I get if I get elected to more than one job, then basically I will I will take the hi- the highest salary of any of the jobs that I get, none of which I will do, <laughs> and and so I will take the highest salary and I will split that between all of the jobs that I've been elected to, and I'll refund the rest of the money, not to the government, but to the taxpayers. Hmm. Nice. Javier Malay, he was um, auctioning, or like, running a lottery in his email with his, um, what's it called? The money he was making when he was in Congress. So it, it, it uh, encouraged people to join his email list. And then they would be like joining a lottery and he gave it away to the lucky winner, his uh, salary from being in the Congress. So that's pretty. We had a co-host who proposed it. to do that with their city council paycheck mm-hmm. uh, on the air. And they were required to retract that or something Whoa. because it was against the rules oh, yeah. in Keene, New Hampshire. It's bribery. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, that is so crazy. But when Biden says he's going to pay off your student loans, somehow that's not bribery. No, right. That's definitely what he was doing. And then it ends up being, not, oh, never mind. We can't do that. Quietly retract. Yeah. Um, but actually, there was something along those lines that I was thinking about, which is... Um, the churches in New Hampshire are allowed to have games of chance. So it would be very interesting to have a, uh, basically a, a church raffle. Okay. And basically, uh, whatever got put in, 1% would go to the church. The other 99% would go back to the people who had bought tickets. Mm -hmm. So it might be redistributed between them, but on average, you'll get back 99% of what you pay in. The interesting thing about it is that we would allow people to, uh, to buy tickets using any cryptocurrency at the current market rate. So then basically if when when you won and 99 you'll get back night if you play, play play this thing regularly the law of averages say says you'll you'll get back 99% of what you put in and basically the the winning is the prizes would be awarded in an, in an order and the, uh, so there would be a pecking order, and the first people to take an award would be able to take whatever currency they wanted. Hmm, first. like a white elephant. So, in so the advantage to them is if they want to get rid of Bitcoin, they pay in Bitcoin and take their payout in dollars. If they want to get rid of dollars, they pay in dollars and take their payout in Bitcoin. Of course, when I say really Bitcoin, idea. I mean BCH, not BTC, because BTC has become a scam. I, I like them both. I'm not well, going to get rid of when them. You say a scam, Have you ever paid Rich, three? Huh? When you say a scam, do you are you predicting that BTC will not go over 55000 again? I make no such prediction because okay. I think its high price is actually an essential part of the scam. Mm. And, and this is why I say that. There are 10,000, literally, coins out there that are out there innovating, that are, that are doing for a fraction of the penny what 
BTC is charging $3 to do. I sent myself $100 over the Lightning Network. It cost me $3. That's 3%. That's the same that Visa charges. When they first put EFTs or NFTs or whatever it was on the blockchain um, and everything was so messed up with the thing, I paid $26 fee for something. Yeah, And and that's what happened in 2017 and that's what that was the betrayal of 2017 that caused the crash of 2017. So I believe that BC CH is like the closest to Bitcoin that um, like Satoshi Nakamoto wanted it to be. So I agree with yes. you on that, but I'm also not going to throw away my BTC or not I'm not, use g- it or- I'm not going to throw it away. And as a matter <laughs> of fact, I'm not even going to liquidate it for BCH. I've, hmm. I've got, it's, it's, it's not a large fraction of what I hold, which isn't even a large amount. But basically what I do is when Bitcoin goes way up, I sell some of it. Mm-hmm. And when Bitcoin crashes, I buy some of it back. And, and so basically I'm moving back, moving money back and forth between BTC and BCH so that, uh, because I believe that what's happening with Bitcoin is that the Federal Reserve is directly pumping and dumping it. And it's interesting because the, um, federal government stole 107 Bitcoins from, uh, my church. And that same week as the week it hit 50,000, I was like, what are the odds that that happens? It went up mm-hmm. a crazy amount when they just stole 107. It's like they're like, okay, let's pump it up now. We got this mm-hmm. is finally ours. Now we're going to do whatever we're supposed to do with it, whatever they did with it. I don't know. And that's the thing. It's, it would be great for them for black budget. Okay, because they know yeah. in advance when they're going to pump and when they're going to dump. But the most important thing that it does is it becomes a weapon of mass distraction so that nobody looks at the other coins that are innovating and doing real work. Whereas what has BTC given us in the last few years? They've given us lightning, which is uh, it's it, it's. I'm not fond of it. It has a couple of uses, I think. The big thing that I'd like to do is make a lightning node that has a back door. So basically, uh, it would be a lightning node, but you would also be able to fund your account through BCH smart contracts. Hmm. And so if you wanted to trade BCH for BTC, you could... Uh, you could send in, uh, uh, you could send in your BCH and maybe you're going to a dark web that only takes BTC. So then you'd get your, you, you would then make a withdrawal over lightning. And then if you wanted to go the other way, you could make a deposit via lightning, um, and then make a withdrawal, withdrawal via, uh, BCH. Hmm. And so oh, that's kind of a little and, over my head, but and, well, what it would become is the thing called a liquidity pool. Um, but we already have those. Well, we do have those, but I don't have one. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, you could and join one. Yeah, I, I could join one, but I, I've got I've got very specific ideas about what I'm trying to do. Basically, hmm. what I what I want to do is I want to link as many coins together uh, this way, so that basically you have a pool, and whenever at at the end of each day, okay, the you would uh, you would have two coins in your pool. You would calculate the cat, the dollar value of each of those coins, and then you would sell half of the difference from the larger larger coin and buy the other coin. So basically, you're balancing. 
every day. And that's not something somebody could do within their own liquidity pool right now because it's like locked in or whatever? Well, they could do it, but it's better to have somebody do it for you. And there are also advantages um, in having many people involved with it because people want to go back and forth between coins. And the easiest way to do that is to deposit to liquid, li- deposit to a liquidity pool and then pull out of the same liquidity pool in a different currency. So let's get back to Javier Malay. I want to uh, get into what they're saying that he's done so far in Argentina that is supposed to, su- supposedly, you know, something to write home about unlike anything Trump or Biden or anybody ever did for their people. Mm. It says, Argentina's surplus comes on the heels of ambitious cuts in federal spending pushed by newly elected President Javier Malay that included slashing bureaucracy, and he's still doing it, eliminating government publicity campaigns, reducing transportation subsidies, pausing all mon- monetary transfer to local governments, and devaluing the peso. One hilarious thing that's come out of him Pausing all monetary transfers to local governments is that the government of oh man I forgot which town or or city or whatever it's a it, state oh it's a or state whatever. There. they created Province. their own um, money money like there I don't know if it's uh, what you'd call it like a coin or a dollar or what no it was bills. Yep, they printed up their own bills. It's going to be so Why didn't they funny. do a cryptocurrency? That would have been so cheap. And hmm. Socialists community. hate cryptocurrency. That's a good point. They're socialists. Uh, actually, there's a lot of socialists involved in Web3 stuff, I'm being they're told. They're making it um, basically only can be um, traded within the government employees, and it's just going to mm-hmm. be useless and crap, and it's hilarious. I well, think there are so other stupid. things that, that you could do with that. For example, for example, if you wanted to form a voluntary commune, mm-hmm. Um, then one way that you could do it would be, say you charge a 1% fee on every transaction, mm-hmm. but rather than that going to, uh, going to the coin, uh, basically what you would do is you'd take that amount, you would divide it by the number of humans, verified humans, who held who held wallets. So that excludes. Well, they're government workers, so they're not humans. Well, they're still humans, but they're parasites. I mean, it's it's all how you, how you want to define it for your coin because it's your community. Uh, so what I think about I think it doesn't Miami matter. Miami wanted bit, to do that, but the point is, do a minimum guaranteed income mm-hmm. with that one percent. So then you then you sell that to people like. Uh, 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 Wang. Uh, what was his? Um, Andrew Wang. Andrew Wang, I think. Yeah, Andrew. Andrew something. I think, I think I'm that. confusing him with one of the guys. Who, one of the guys who converted me to capitalism. Are, are you talking actually, about the UBI guy that ran for president? Yeah. yeah. So basically, you have a, a UBI, but it's a UBI that's within a within a coin, and it's a voluntary community. So it's not socialism, oh, it's Yang. capitalism. It was Yang. Yang, that's right. Yeah, Jemmy Wang was uh, uh, from Competitive Computer Systems. He was actually one of the first people who started converting me to, to capitalism. Because huh. uh, he was a libertarian. I argued with him a lot on a, on a little message board. And you were still a uh, socialist? Yeah, I was still a socialist. And I argued with him on a little, on a little message board called, uh, called uh, MNET. In, in Ann Arbor, it's it's a public access Unix system that's been running since 1968. Uh, and anyway, so basically, Whoa. he had a business, and uh, and he hired me, even even though I was always yelling at him uh, because he thought I had potential, and he was like, "I want to teach you." 
Hmm. And and so as he was doing business with me, uh, he was also showing me, you know, how to how to do business intelligently and reminding me that when I went to work, I wasn't going to work for the boss. I was going to work for me and I had to look for my interests and what was going to be best for me. And that was exactly how he was going to treat me as as well. He he. You know, he, he liked me, so he was willing to do things that were helpful to me, but he was going to make sure that they were profitable to him, too, or he wouldn't be able to, to do the same with the next guy that he wanted to teach something to. So, so basically, it was a, it was a very good uh, introduction. I got to do something that I love, which is he sold computers, and so, uh, like, like Penguin. And so, basically, I was one of, like, four or five guys who would go in there and build the computers every day and test them, and I love doing that. So, so it was a blast, you know? Capitalism I mean, is just great because it's just, like, human interaction. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and the thing is, uh, you know, people, it, it's, it's not about what the boss makes. Who cares what the boss makes? What's important is that you're getting the best deal for you as an employee that you can. You have such a good point in there. One thing that is wrong with leftists is just that they're jealous little bitches. It's like just stopping being jealous would fix so many of their problems. Like, yeah. I never wondered they, what my bosses well, make. Like, they do yeah. different and better work than me. And, and I don't want to be managing someone. I just wanted to work at the front desk and get my paycheck. And I can't imagine being one of those people who's like, the boss makes more money than me. It's so stupid. Yeah. And the thing is, they, they expect their boss to be like their owner they expect hmm. but but they want him to be a, a benevolent owner <laughs> you know but they want him to take care of them and and they don't care his what job. he makes they don't have the least bit concern about how much money the business is making hmm. they just want to get paid that's like every time there's like a i don't care what my what the business i'm working for is making either Oh, only the only extent that I that I care about that is I want it to continue to exist if I'm getting a good paycheck. That's an important extent. Yeah, that, that's an important extent because I feel like the, the worst workers I ever worked with, I wasn't like some kind of great worker who just loved the company in any job I've ever had. I was never loyal to them at all. But I wouldn't be one of those people who was like. I don't care if, like, I break their stuff. You know, something like that, like, really bad? And those are all socialist people who are, like, nihilists and are just like, I don't care what happens. Oh, I'm just going to, like, slide through life the yeah. littlest bit I can. I don't know why I've just never been that person, even though I've never loved any corporation well, I worked for. I mean, the, the reason is, if you're taught that your boss is harming you, but you need him anyway. Okay, first off, that's a contradiction in terms. It's the absurd mm. comment. If he's harming you, you don't need him. Which is if why you I love need the him, he's not harming you. Well, as soon as my boss was harming me, as in just like annoying me or asking me to do things I didn't want to do, I could just leave because I had Uber Eats. And then when yeah. losers, jealous losers who wished that they're making more money than they are for the same amount of work that they're doing, complain about Uber Eats and get it turned into an employee mm. position... That's what ruins it for everyone. Like, you want to have that as a side gig to just fall back on whenever you're tired of the other jobs you're doing. I wanted to ask you a question about Uber We we have to learn to accept, though, just as people, and I say this as a pope, we have to learn to, to, to expect 
and understand that half of the people we meet in life are going to be below average. What was your <laughs> question, Mark? Yeah, my question is, we, we had talked, you and I, uh, personally about tipping when it comes to Uber Eats. And I find tipping to be a very confusing sort of con- social convention. Um, I get giving people money when you're happy with them. Mm-hmm. That part I get. The problem is is that in the United States, it's like, oh, you got to tip. Well, how much do I have to tip? Well, you should be well, 15 you don't cents on the untaxed total. No, that's too cheap. I hear, well, I, here's the thing. I don't know about the percentages and all that. All I think is that what would you pay someone to get off their couch, drive to a store, wait in line, sometimes order the food and wait for the food to get cooked, and then drive back in traffic and it takes like a whole hour? Would you pay them the same amount in tips that you would pay a girl who walks to the counter five feet away, picks up your food off the hot plate line and puts it on your table, maybe fills up your drink with water once i I just don't know why it's the same thing um well i'm pretty (laughs) so they should just be just tipping me more okay i don't think that uh the the way they look matters i think it's a really good question so i don't know anything about doordash or uber eats it Mm -hmm. matters to me because i like looking at pretty girls Mm -hmm. and therefore if i go to a restaurant regularly and there's a very pretty girl working there i'm gonna tip her better because i want her to stay at that restaurant hmm do you get paid at all for Uber Eats or DoorDash? You get paid, but it's so little it doesn't even cover like your gas most of the time. It's like, um, well, the thing is, like in San Antonio, I got paid less. Then I came up here and I did Uber Eats. Not only did they pay you more, but everyone tipped a lot more. Like everybody tipped oh, so much that I was like, why are these people being so nice? They're so rude, but they're being so nice. And I think it's just because poor losers live in San Antonio. Not all of them or something, but there are definitely more of them that live there than live here. And they're just looking for an excuse to um, not have to leave their house and not have to pay anyone to bring the food to them. And it's ridiculous. But we We also live in the wealthiest state in the nation. That makes it is the wealthiest. That makes a lot. Well, also in Maine, um, also in Maine, they tipped highly and were rude, but. Then they were nice via tips, mm-hmm. so it was confusing. Of course, rude yeah, is just a product of the, of the, of the society you come from. Oh. No, I mean, it's, <laughs> it, social conventions are different, so what's polite in one society may be rude in another. One of my favorite Robert Heinlein quotes is, Forgive him, for he is young, and he thinks that the customs of his tribe are laws of nature. Hmm. <laughs> That's what it seems like. I mean, I totally agree with that idea, but... I still think that, for the most part, New Englanders are rude, but it's fine. It looks like we have somebody from Washington calling. Chuck, what's on your mind? D.C.? No. Oh, good. Oh, sorry, I have him muted. Chuck from Washington State, what's on your mind? That's okay. Thank you very much for taking my call. I think what the key here is you got to get a bike if you want to do Uber uh, and actually pedal so you avoid Uber? all of your maintenance issues. You avoid... Oh. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, it just makes sense. I think get, that uh, in San Antonio, like, I was still making money, so it was fine. It's not like everybody didn't tip me a lot. Like, the, most of the people who tipped fine made up for the people who didn't tip or tipped me, like, a dollar or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just saying that I think it's insane to think, um, I'm going to hire somebody to drive halfway across the city in traffic, 
pick up food, wait for the food, sometimes order the food, and then drive it to my house and give them even like five bucks. I can't imagine. Like, imagine if you just called up your friend and asked them to go do that for you. Like, I asked my sister to go pick up Kratom for me the other day because, yeah, I quit and then I got back on it, but I have myself rolls now. Anyways, um, I, I was like... Addicted to Kratom? Kratom? Well, I was addicted to Kratom, but now I have rules, so I'm not. But anyways, I asked her if she would pick it up for me, and I said I'd give her 25 bucks because it was just, like, something she didn't want to do. I, I just don't know. I can't imagine giving somebody I'll less than, like, $10. I'll always pay a girl to do something she doesn't want to do. If, I mean, <laughs> if, if she really doesn't, I mean, it's only Interesting. Fair. Okay, Chuck, if you have anything else you want to say, uh, we're going on break, but... Awesome. Too late. All right, Free Talk Live. More coming up. Let me tell you a story about Bill. Bill was a normal guy in his 50s. He had back surgery about two years ago. Bill was in a lot of pain. He dealt with his pain by taking the Percocets his doctor prescribed for him. Bill took more and more and more of them to help with the pain until one day the prescriptions weren't enough to get rid of Bill's pain. Then one day Bill found someone to help him get rid of the pain with illegal drugs he didn't need a prescription for. Fast forward to today. Bill lost his job and his family. The only thing he does have is his drug dealer. If you know Bill's story and you don't want to end up like Bill, call the Detox and Treatment Helpline right now to get away and get treatment. 800-296-1327. Call right now. Help is standing by. 800-296-1327. G'day, I'm Jamel that works with Dr. Joel Wallach and the GCN team with Longevity at TeamG'day.com. By becoming an associate, you provide income for you and your family on your own hours while working from home. So contact me, Jamel, by filling in the contact box at TeamG'day.com and I will get back to you personally and provide all the support you need to get started and build your longevity business. TeamG'day.com. TeamG'day.com. No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. So before you do this or this... Make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. 